Praise the Lord, everybody. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord on this Sunday morning? Amen. There is such a powerful presence of the Lord in this house today. And I want to tell you, as a first-time guest here, I am really enjoying what I feel in this place. Amen. And, you know, no worries, my brother. Uh, everybody says my name wrong. And I'm not sure why. I think it's pretty simple to say Chavis. But uh, Chavis is not a Hispanic name. Uh, so oftentimes, uh, people try to pronounce it Chavez. But Chavis is a Native American name. And, uh, of course, you're looking at me thinking, how did you get a Native American name? <laughs> you just have to see pictures of the family to figure it out. But my mother's Caucasian, but my father is full-blooded Lumbee Indian. And uh, we're a tribe of about 55,000 here on the East Coast, mostly in North Carolina. And uh, I'm honored today to be with you. Amen. And it's a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. Praise God. It was mentioned that I serve the United Pentecostal Church as Director of Multicultural Ministry. And it's a refreshing view that I'm seeing today to see people from so many different cultures and nationalities in one place. Amen. Praise God. And today I won't take time with, with PowerPoint slides and things like that, but let me just share with you that the United Pentecostal Church is and has been for a very long time intentional about reaching all of the cultures that are here in North America with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We currently, through multicultural ministries, we have 16 ministries that are focused on uh, evangelizing specific cultural and ethnic groups here in North America. We have three ministries that are focused on specific cultural needs such as deaf evangelism, refugee evangelism, and we have a tremendous ministry taking place right now at the United Nations in Manhattan, New York. We have some resource ministries such as All Nations Sunday and GlobalTracks.com. If you've never heard of that, Google it this afternoon. Pull it up, GlobalTracks.com. It's a website where you can download free, and I'll repeat, free evangelism materials that have been translated into more than 60 languages. And there's also a lot of video components there as well. And we also have a great missionary program that has we deputize and we send missionaries to North America. And they focus on cultural groups that have strong language or cultural barriers right here in the United States and Canada. Over the last nine years, we've planted 75 daughter works into cultural communities. And some of those have been right here in the Maryland, D.C. district. I give God honor for all that he's doing uh, so far this year. We've seen more than 140 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in our multicultural ministries, conferences, and meetings. And I don't have time to tell it all today, but let me just tell you, great things are happening. Amen. Great things are happening. And you know it well. Our world hasn't figured this out yet, have they? Our world doesn't know how to come together like this. Our world is still wrapped up in racial tensions and prejudice and things of that nature. The answer is in the word of God and in the people of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just two, two weeks ago at North American Youth Congress, we launched a new short-term mission program where we're sending young adults and young married couples 
to be involved in one to two week short term missions with our missionaries. We have an AIM type program where they can spend one to three months with our missionaries and an internship program as well. And these are, these are short term mission programs that are focused on, uh, underreached communities and cultures right here in North America. We've done so well as a fellowship reaching across the sea and to, to foreign countries. And I think we're in, we're in now, uh, Almost all, but we're in all but 21 or two countries of, of the world. But every culture is here in North America. Amen. And so we want to do our job here in North America to reach those cultures, many of your cultures that are here in the United States and Canada. Amen. So I, I wasn't initially planning on doing this, but we do have some T-shirts for sale in the back. They're $10. If you want to buy one of those before you leave, there's a very limited supply back there, but that will help support our short-term program. And we also have a book by Multicultural Ministries that says it's called Ministering in a Multicultural World. And uh, this is uh, several essays by our general superintendent that talks about the role of the church in a multicultural society. And then there are a list of about 14 different cultures, which gives you eight or 10 bullet points of do's and don'ts, how to evangelize, how to build relationships, and it'll be very helpful. There's $7 if you'd like to pick one up and support the ministry. Amen? Commercial's over. How many want to have some church today? (laughs) Praise God. Before I preach, I want to just sing this song. It talks about the blood of Jesus, and I'm thankful today for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful today that when I fall, when I make mistakes, I probably shouldn't tell you that I make mistakes because I'm preaching today, but we all have sin and we all come short. And when we fall, we need the blood of Jesus to cover us and help us to rise again. Amen. Worship with me today. This song says, that's what the blood is for. God bless you. Why don't you clap your hands with the Lord as you're being seated. I'm a mess today cause yesterday I followed the desire of my foolish heart into the dark feeling far away need a couple days to work real hard to hit the mark to get myself back in good with you what a way what a losing game cause That's what the blood is for To clean this dirty man I am And make it possible to stand before That's what the blood is for It's what His blood is for What if I fall one more time Or soon forget that you're the light Where I am free In perfect peace And what if I can't get my act together?
together that's what the blood is for to cleanse this dirty man I am and make it possible to stand before you Lord that's what the blood is for his blood it compels me oh yes gives me power for my victory his blood says he loves me that's what the blood is for for the blood of Jesus Christ in your life. That's what the blood is for. To clean this dirty man and make it possible to stand That's what His blood is for. Can we stand and clap our hands to the Lord? Can we lift our voice and shout unto Him? Hallelujah. We've been redeemed today. We've been bought with a price today. We weren't bought with corruptible things like money, like silver, like gold. But we were purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Turning in the Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 4 and beginning in verse number 16. While you're turning there, I want to give honor to the ministry that are here today. And I love and appreciate the men and women of God. And I certainly want to give honor to your pastor in his absence. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to be with you. Matthew 4 and verse 16. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In the 23rd verse, we'll continue. And Jesus went about all Galilee Teaching in their synagogue, someone say teaching, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Someone say preaching. And healing 
all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Somebody shout healing. Jesus taught, he preached, and healed. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy and he healed them. Amen. I want to preach today just on a very simple thought. The gospel of the kingdom. I just want to preach what Jesus would have preached if he was here today in the flesh. The gospel of the kingdom. We lift your hands and let's pray for a moment. Lord, I'm thankful for every person that's gathered here today, members and guests alike. Right now, I pray that you'll begin to speak to our hearts. The presence that you have filled this place with is so powerful and your word is anointed, but we need to be anointed now to hear what you would have us to hear on this Sunday. Give us a word that's going to carry us into the challenges that we face. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. If I was to say to you today that Jesus Christ came to a world that was very much like ours, it would be naturally to resist a concept like that. When you consider the differences in our time today and the time that Jesus, God, manifests in flesh, walked the earth, there's a lot of things that are different. The clothing, the food, the the transportation and technology, obviously those things were not there. But when you consider that it was a time of economic struggle, that it was a, a time of oppressive government, it was a time of corrupt leaders and religious scandal and a time of disaster, it was a time uh, that was filled with all kinds of social inequities and it was a time where liberties were being infringed upon. I guess you could say, yes, it was a world just like ours. But when Jesus came to that world that was so filled with negativity, so filled with challenges, so filled with trouble and chaos and bad news, he came preaching and teaching a message of good news. He came sharing his gospel. And we know the word means good news. And there's something about the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he had the audacity then to look into the face of all the bad and say, I've got good news. He had the audacity and the power to back it up, to look into the face of devastation and struggle and say, I've got another word for you today. I've, I've got a, I've got hope for you. I've got good news for you today. I've come to tell someone here today in this meeting that all of our lives have chaos. All of us are facing some kind of a challenge. All of us are going through some kind of a struggle. But the word of God is here to share with us that there is good news for your life today. There's hope for everybody here today. There is a message of good news today. When was the last time you got good news? Good news is few and far between these days, isn't it? You know, I go through periods of my life where I, I won't watch the news, I won't access the news on an app, on the internet, or any kind of way. Because you know what? 
I got enough going on. I'm already halfway depressed. I don't need to hear about everybody else's problems. Am I talking to somebody here today? Sometimes we have such a flow of the voices of negativity that are filling our whole world that it's hard to see the good in the midst of all of this. It's, it's hard to see the positive. It's hard to see the good things that are going on. But I want to tell somebody here today, in spite of what the world is saying, there is good news for this generation. There is a good word for somebody here today. You see, the existence of our God is not bound in time as our existence is. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you say amen? He's the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. In the beginning, there was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He pre-existed all of the things that we know today. In John chapter 8, the Pharisees attacked Jesus, saying, You think you are greater than our father, Abraham. And Jesus said, Abraham, not my father. He might be your father, but he's not my father. He said, he said, he rejoiced to see me coming. Abraham was happy when he heard about me me coming hallelujah they said you're not even 50 years old how can you have seen abraham and his reply was before abraham was i am hallelujah can somebody shout amen today in other words before abraham got here i was already god i was already here and that's a lesson for us today because before our struggle before our sins before our mistake before our failure he was already Already God. He was already a forgiver before you ever made your first mistake. Hallelujah. He was already setting people free from the bondage of sin before you made your first mistake, before you had your first fall. And because God is not bound in the past, I've come to tell you, you can have liberty today. Hallelujah. He's not trapped in yesterday. He's not trapped in the destruction of your memory. He has good news for your life today hallelujah so Jesus came to that world that was wrecked and he just began to teach he walked into their synagogues and he says blessed are the poor in spirit if you're poor let me tell you about my kingdom he said the poor theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those that mourn You've lost someone. You're wounded. He said, this world don't have nothing for you. But can I tell you about my kingdom? Blessed are those that mourn because in my kingdom, you'll be comforted. He just began to teach and he's began to talk about his kingdom. He began to share the gospel, the, the good news about his kingdom. Blessed are the meek, they'll inherit the earth. Blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, they'll be filled. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. In my kingdom, they'll be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Every one of you that on the way to church this morning, someone said, why are you so crazy to be going to church every Sunday? Don't you know there's so many other things we could be doing today? 
Why are you living this way? Why are you constantly reading that book? Why are you dressing differently? Why are you acting differently? Why, why don't you say those words you used to say? And why don't you go to those places with us that you used to go to? What's, what's happening is you're being persecuted. And the Lord, had, he just basically taught, he said, those of you that are being purchased, persecuted for righteousness sake, I've got a kingdom that's coming for you. He began to teach, and, and then he would teach him parables. He would say things like, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in the field. And the man finds the field. He realizes there's treasure in the field. And so he goes and gives all that he can give, and he buys the whole field because there was a treasure in the field. He's just teaching, and they're sitting there scratching their heads thinking, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field. And he began to teach and he began to expound and he says things like, he didn't need the whole field, but there was treasure in it. In order to get the treasure, he had to take the whole thing. It was worth having the whole field to have the treasure. There might have been shallow places in that field. There, there might have been beasts and reptiles in the field. There might have been thorn bushes and thickets in the field. You might not have been able to grow a garden in that field, but there was a treasure in that field. If Jesus was standing bodily before us today, he might say it like this. I know you don't like everything about church. Somebody got to be real with me today. Come on, somebody. You're not going to offend nobody. He might say, there might even be people that come to that church that you don't like all that much. Bad attitude. Hygiene issues. Always got something extra to say. They're just extra. Y'all weren't ready for this, were you? Someone was like, this took a turn just then. Jesus said, you know what? We're all kinds of different people. All kinds of background. All kinds of colors, languages, cultures. And all kinds of hang-ups. All kinds of idiosyncrasies. And if you're going to come here, you're probably going to find something you won't like. But there's treasure here. On the other hand, if you'll take everything we've got, you'll also find there is a life-saving treasure in the midst of all this. I don't know if somebody came here today thinking this might be your last service. Let me tell you, don't let it be your last service. Keep coming because the longer you come, the more treasure you're going to discover. The longer you get through all the extra stuff, you're going to realize there's treasure here that I can't live without. And if I can't live without it, I'll live with all the other things I've got to deal with if I can just get a hold of the treasure. You know, there was over, there was eight humans and over 10,000 land animals that got on Noah's ark. And I don't know if you know this, but there's plans in the Bible on the size and the description and the dimensions of Noah's ark. You can build it in your backyard if you want to. If you've got a big enough backyard. They've actually done it. I think it's in, in uh, Kentucky. You can go and see and walk through a life-size Noah's ark. I'm just going to tell you, there's some stuff in that one in Kentucky that wasn't in the one in the Bible. There's no gift shop in Noah's Ark. <laughs> I'll tell you what else there wasn't in Noah's Ark. There wasn't no bathroom. There wasn't one roll of toilet paper in Noah's Ark. 
What one can of Febreze? Let's go back and do the math. Eight humans, 10,000 land animals, not one flushing toilet, no ventilation system, no air ducts going through the different levels. It must have been rough on Noah's Ark. Oh, my goodness. It must have been a stinky place on Noah's Ark. But eight humans and 10,000 land animals, not one of them got off. Because they understood something about all the stuff they were going through. They said, it's better in here than it is out there. You've probably heard it before, but the stink on the inside is still better than the storm on the outside. Jesus said, there's treasure here in this field. He just began to teach. He just began to talk to them. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. He found one pearl of great price, and he went out and sold everything he had so he could buy the one pearl. He says, you know what? There's some things in your life maybe you need to repent of. There's some things in your life that maybe you need to get rid of. But if you could get rid of some things that are standing in the way of you getting the one thing that matters more than anything, salvation, it's worth getting rid of some other stuff. It's worth getting rid of some baggage. It's worth getting rid of some bad attitude and some secret sin. It's worth getting rid of some things that are holding you down. If you could just get that pearl of great price. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was cast in the sea and it draws forth of every kind. That's what we got here today, amen. We're all here today. We're able to come and worship here together and we're all able to lead together. We're all able to love together because the kingdom of heaven was a net when it cast into the sea. It didn't matter if you were poor or rich. It didn't matter what size your 401k account was if you don't even have one. None of that even matters. It doesn't matter what neighborhood you came from, which side of the tracks you came from. All you had to do was get in the net hallelujah i'm here today because that's the kind of kingdom Hallelujah! so he was a teacher and he taught them about his kingdom and then at times he preached he would just step into the pulpit if there was such a thing in the synagogue and he would open up the scrolls and quote the scripture and say the spirit of the lord is upon me Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. He would say in another passage. A thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life. And they might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. He preached the kingdom. Now, there was a man who heard all of this. He heard the teaching. He heard the preaching. He saw everything Jesus, we call him the beloved, John the beloved. And he was there. He was, John was the first disciple of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, John was already a disciple of John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, John the Beloved began to follow Jesus from that very moment. John the Baptist lost one and Jesus gained one right there, right in the water. He saw it all. But John, was a, he was a unique individual because not only would he see everything that Jesus taught and hear everything that Jesus preached, but he would be a witness. John was unique because he would be later filled with the very Spirit of God. He would, he would be in the upper room. 
when the Holy Ghost fell on them and, and the Spirit of God would enter them and begin to dwell inside of them. John would see all that. And John was, John was unique for other reasons. One, he was unique because he lived to be an old man and died of old age. While most of the other disciples were, were martyred, they were killed, they were crucified upside down, they were whipped, they were stoned to death and beheaded, but, but he lived on. Now they tried to. One time they, they tried to boil him in a pot of oil. And they come back and he was like, hey, appreciate this spa treatment, he's still alive. They exiled him to an abandoned island. Nothing to eat, nothing to live on. They come back a great deal of time later He's waiting on the shore. Glad y'all came back. This guy wouldn't die. But probably the most unique thing about John, who saw it all and heard it all, was that the Lord gave John a vision of the kingdom. He heard Jesus teach the kingdom. He heard Jesus preach the kingdom. And then the Lord gave him a digital video picture of what the kingdom was going to be like. It was so clear and so vivid that things John saw would not even be created for thousands of years later. He didn't have the words to describe things like helicopters, but he saw it in a vision. But it's because of John's vision that we know what the kingdom is going to be like. Because John is the one that said, and God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. It was John in that last book of your Bible who said that there's going to be no more death and there's going to be no more sorrow. There's going to be no more pain. There's going to all those former things are going to be passed away. And the one who sits on the throne is going to say, behold, I make all things new. Okay, somebody say amen. Amen. So Jesus taught in his earthly ministry what the kingdom would be like. He preached what the kingdom would be like. And he tells it, no no death, no pain, no suffering. John gives us the idea of what it's going to be like. He gives us the vision. And the only other place in the Bible you can find anything that relates to what John saw is all the way at the beginning. You remember Adam and Eve in the garden? Oh, yeah. Adam and Eve were so comfortable they didn't even wear clothes. That's comfortable. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You can't wait to go home and get out of these nice clothes and get into those jam jams. And you're ready to get jammed up for the rest of the afternoon. I know, I know how it is. Ready for that nap, ready for that, that relaxation. Adam and Eve were so comfortable they didn't have to do nothing we did. They didn't have to work, no jobs. She could even have babies that didn't even hurt. Didn't need no no shot in the back, none of that. Everything about their life was perfect. So at at the beginning of the Bible, we had this vision of perfection. And at the end of the Bible, we had this vision of perfection. And Jesus is right in the middle saying, let me tell you about my kingdom. Let me teach you about my kingdom. Let me preach to you about my kingdom. And here we are today. And I'm I'm just going to ask a question if you won't find it to be heretical. What about right now? I can't go back to Genesis 
I'm not sure if you can, but I can't. And there ain't but one way that I know of right now that you can get to Revelation. And everybody wants to go, but nobody wants to die. Until the Lord returns, that's the only way we're getting to that vision that John saw. No death, no pain, no tears, no crying, no getting old. New bodies, no arthritis. Nobody nagging you all the time. No dishes to wash. Some people want big things. Other people just want normal things. I just want to go home a day and do nothing. That's a miracle right there, isn't it? What about right now? What about the challenges that we're facing today? In this hour and 40-minute block of time that we've spent in church today, the reality is for many of us, this is just a little slice of a break. And before we get into those cars, the pressure's already back on. What about right now? Would it be wrong to say, what about me? Would it be wrong for you to lift your hand and say, what about the diagnosis I'm dealing with? What about the treatments I'm going to have to start again tomorrow? What about the fact that I'm not sure where my mortgage or rent payment's going to get scraped up from? What about this divorce decree? I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to sign. What about the lawsuit that's pending? What about this boss on my job that I want to slap on both sides of his face? What about my husband that's nagging me to death and my, my wife that won't do nothing I think she ought to do? Y'all just have to forgive me. You don't know me well, but this is just how I am. We got to talk about the real stuff, right? What about right now? Are we just going to teach about it? Are we just going to inspire you for an hour and 40 minutes before you go back to your struggle? We're just going to preach about it? Hey, I love the preaching of God. There is nothing in this world like, like good preaching. Amen? But at the end of the day, we're not here just to celebrate preaching, are we? You didn't come here today just to hear some fresh oratory, did you? You've heard all the speeches you need to hear for the rest of your life. You don't need just another cute sermon. You need something that's going to be real and tangible and life-changing. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, if that's you, you came to the right place today. I may not be able to articulate everything just exactly right, but I can tell you this. There is one who's given me the authority to speak for him today that is still preaching the gospel, the good news of his kingdom. I'm here today to tell you that the kingdom of heaven is available for you right now. You don't have to die and you don't have to get raptured to experience what John talked about that's coming in the book of Revelation because I have come to tell you today that the Lord wants you to be able to experience his power today. Hallelujah. His power is available right now.
Because you read it in your own Bible. Hallelujah. You read what the word said. It said Jesus taught in the synagogue. And he preached the gospel of the kingdom. But he wasn't right. He wasn't done there. Because then he began to heal their bodies. He began to step out into the crowd. And say I've told you about the power of the kingdom to come. Those of you that are blind. Let those eyes be open. There's no blind people in my kingdom. Let the lame walk. There's no lame in my kingdom. Let the deaf hear. There's no deaf in my There's no there's not going to be one single demon in my kingdom. There's not going to be one single pain. And the Bible says they brought the sick to him and he healed them. They brought the lunatics to them, to him and he put them back in their right mind. Can I tell somebody here today that God is still a healer in this hour today? I'm only here because God's a healer. Many of you are only here because you've experienced the power of a healing, saving God. And for those of you that might be thinking, I've heard all these cliches before. I've heard it all before. Let me tell you, this is the will of God that the church experience power in this hour and in this time. For when the disciples came to the Lord and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, he said, okay, if you want to know how to pray after this manner, pray you. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, that's a promise for you today. If you just begin to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come in my medical situation. Lord, let your kingdom come in my family. Lord, let your kingdom come in my finances. Lord, let your kingdom come on my job. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying here today? I've come to tell you that all the power and the glory of God is available to you today through His Spirit. Okay, somebody just stand with me right now all over this this auditorium, I've come to preach to you today that the power of heaven, the gospel of the kingdom is available. The gospel of the kingdom is not just historical biography of the life and times of Jesus Christ. But the gospel is this. You can experience the power of heaven today. Romans 1 and 16 shares a powerful verse that many of us can quote. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Sometimes I'm too literary and something about that sentence composition that's never struck me as normal. Because I've, I've always thought, well, the power of God unto salvation. What, what exactly does that mean? That doesn't fit in in my language, my vocabulary today. I begin to study that word unto. And in the translation, the original word is E-I-S. In other places in the Bible, that word unto Many more places that that word is not translated as unto in the English, but it's translated as until or throughout. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the kingdom, for it is the power of God until. I come from a part of the world that's a little bit further south than here and I grew up in a place where people say things like, I remember when I got saved. You've heard things like that, haven't you? I got saved back in 1973. 
Can I say something today without hurting anybody's feelings? You ain't saved. None of us are saved. You're not saved until you're saved. If you're out in the middle of the ocean and you see an ocean liner a mile away, you're not saved. You can still drown. You're not saved until you're up on that thing. I need the gospel. And the power of the gospel is when I'm weak. Hallelujah. The power of the gospel is when I fail and when I fall, the power of the gospel can hold me in the kingdom until he comes. Until he comes. That's the gospel. The Lord said, not only do I want to save you, but I want to keep you ready until it's time. Not only do I want to save you for eternity, but I want to bless you while you're still in this life. I want to bring healing and I want to bring relief. I, I want to set you free from bondage. I feel in the Holy Ghost today that there's someone in this room right now that's been struggling with some kind of addiction and some kind of a bondage. I want to tell you the Lord can free you from that today. You don't have to live the rest of your life bound in that addiction. The Lord can free you from that today. Hallelujah. Somebody here today needs a revelation that God is still a healer. Someone needs a revelation today that healing is not just a biblical concept, but healing is something that can happen in your life today. The supernatural power of God can happen today. I pastored for a number of years in Spring Lake, North Carolina, which is near Fort Bragg. When I say near, it's directly adjacent to Fort Bragg Army Base. Throughout the time of my life, I've always been connected with the military and few years back, a great young man is an immigrant from Sierra Leone. His name is Mustafa. He had enlisted. He got out, went to college, got a degree, went back in as an officer, and he got his first command. He was in Afghanistan, and every couple of weeks, I'd get a, a phone call from him, and I would know it was him because, as you are pretty familiar with, those phone calls from overseas, they show up on your caller ID a little differently. So generally when I got a call from a weird number like that, I always answered it because I knew it was probably Mustafa. On that particular day, I answered the phone. I said, hello? And he says, Pastor, I couldn't wait to tell you what happened. I said, what's, what's going on, bro? I, I was worried that something bad had happened. He said, I was walking across the fob he said, and I was walking into the front door of my, my commanding officer's building. He said, when I walked into the door, a mortar shell or some kind of uh, explosive device, it, it blew up right outside, right outside the door behind me. He said, the whole building shook. He said, shrapnel and, and, and explosive went everywhere. He said, when I got up off the floor, he said, I, I was directly in front of my commander's desk, which for some reason was 
directly adjacent to the blast. He said, when I got up out of the door, he said, my commander was getting up from behind his desk. And he said, I saw all around him there were shrapnel marks and there was metal stuck in the wall and there were holes ripped through the, through the, through the side of the building. He said, but it was like around him, it was like he had never been touched. He said, I realized that what was in front of him was me. And I said, Mustafa, let me tell you what was in front of you. I'm talking about miracles in our time. For over 15 years now, our church has prayed for every single service for our deployed soldiers. Fort Bragg, many of you are familiar with it. We've had literally thousands of soldiers' names on our screens that we pray for. To date, we've not had one single casualty. We've not lost one single soldier that's been prayed for. We've not had one single serious injury in more than 15 years. I'm not saying that to give honor to our church. I'm saying that to give glory to a God that's a God who hears prayer and he hears it today. I want to speak to your heart and lift your faith today to tell you in this service right now, you can access that power. And as they begin to play softly, I'm going to begin to pray. And as I begin to pray, this altar is open. And I want you to not hesitate. But if you need something from God in your life, I don't want you to think about it. When I begin to pray, they begin to sing. I want you to step out from those aisles. And I want you to walk down to the front. Our ministers and leaders here are going to gather. We're going to pray for you. And God wants to touch your life today. Can somebody say in Jesus' name. Lift your hands. I'm going to pray and begin coming right now. Lord, by the authority of your word. By the power of Jesus' name. That's right. Keep on coming. Come on down to the front. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now that today in this service that you begin to touch somebody's life. Lord, that the revelation of the word that you have spoken here today, there's someone here that needs a touch of God in their life. Why don't the church begin to step out and come on down. All the members that's come down together around this front, we're going to lift up the name of Jesus around these that are here to pray. Lord, right now, by the authority of your word and by the power of Jesus' name, I'm praying that you would work supernaturally in this place today. Lord, let your word come alive. Let your promises come to pass. In the house of God today, I pray that you would work miracles, that you would bring healing, that you would release bondage in the name of Jesus. Don't be hesitant right now, my friend. Where you stand and lift up your voice. Just begin to breathe the name above all names. Say unto him, Lord Jesus, I need you to come into my heart right now. I need you to move in me today. I need you to minister in my life right now. Church, let's lift our voice and pray. Hallelujah. Let's call on the name of the Lord. Everyone where you're standing right now, I want you to pray for those that are gathered. I want you just to lift your voice for about the next five minutes. Would you continually pray and pray in the Holy Ghost? Say, Lord, let someone's prayer be answered today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, say it to the Lord. I believe you can do it right now. Let your faith rise in every chair. Hallelujah. Let your faith rise right now. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Don't be afraid. Step out right now. Hallelujah. 